Good morning and welcome to another episode of Butterfly Kisses, A Journey of Spiritual Transformation. I am your host, as always, Amy Gray Cunningham. I am so grateful that you have decided to join me for another amazing episode today. Let me ask you this question. Do you realize that you're on a spiritual journey from the moment you were born? Whether we realize it or not, we are all on this spiritual journey in this human realm. For some of us, this journey may be a bit more stormy than others. Maybe we've experienced a loss or pain or trauma in, our, in this lifetime. Maybe we've been through a divorce or struggling with mental health. Whatever the case may be, we all have junk, quote unquote, that we need to let go of in order to achieve balance and happiness. And this is where today's guest, Peggy Litt, comes in. Peggy is a spiritual guide and healer who has devoted her life to helping others let go of their negative beliefs so they can live their best lives. In this episode today, Peggy shares with us her spiritual transformation story and outlines her work with her clients to help them heal. If you are struggling with pain, grief, or trauma, then today's episode is definitely for you because Peggy offers hope and a path towards living a life filled with balance and happiness. But before we hear from Peggy, let me introduce to you next Sunday's guest, Christine Ma
Hi, Peggy. Thank you so much for joining us on Butterfly Kisses today. I'm so excited to have you here and to hear your story of spiritual transformation. And I'm just amazed by your bio and everything. So please tell us. Well, initially, I thought Peggy was just one of 12 kids that was born and raised on a farm in South Dakota. I still have both of my parents and all of my siblings. I was born and raised Catholic and didn't really realize that I was supposed to be on a spiritual journey. Then about 16, 17 years ago, I started having experiences out of body. These would all happen at night. Guess the first one I had, which might have been because of my Catholic upbringing, I'm not sure. But I saw myself laying on my bed asleep, but I was also up here. And I heard a voice that said, I am the Holy Spirit and I've come to take away your original sins. And sins was plural. And I remember thinking, wait a minute, I thought there was only one. <laughs> <laughs> Not who is this Holy Spirit, but you mean I have more than one, you know? <laughs> and wasn't afraid, Amy. I have not been afraid in any of my experiences, which tell me their truth. Mm -hmm. It's when we're doing something from our mind that we have fear. That's mm -hmm. my truth anyway. And all of a sudden, my whole body was paralyzed. I could not move, but I still wasn't afraid. Mm -hmm. And I went, oh my God, I thought I must have sins even in my fingernails because I couldn't move anything. And it came right after the voice said, I've come to take away your original sins. So I just laid there for a while. I have no idea how long it was. And gradually, I started trying to move my fingers a little bit and then my toes. And I'm kind of going, I think I'm going to be okay. I have a daughter who was in sixth grade at this time. And I thought, is she going to come in and find me dead in the morning? I mean, I really didn't understand what was going on, Amy. So then I started moving my hands and stuff. And I just trusted this voice was stern, but loving. Mm -hmm. So it didn't scare me. But once I knew I could roll over, I just kind of went, Peggy, just trust and go to sleep and trust that you'll wake up in the morning. And I woke up. Now, this was before I started having other experiences. And this was before I started really doing deep internal work on myself. Mm -hmm. But I think it was context for me to know that we can completely heal. Mm -hmm. You know, that's taking away our sins. So mm -hmm. what I do now, my partner, who I had just gotten together with about that same time, have come up with processes that help people go very deep in themselves and actually let go of all the pain we carry in ourselves, you know, mm -hmm. whether they're from beliefs or loss or trauma or whatever, we actually can let them go. Mm -hmm. And so for the past 16, 17 years, that's what I've been doing both 
with myself and with probably about 30 people a week. Wow. That I, yeah. (laughs) And sometimes when I help them let go of their stuff, I can let go of it in me too, since we do all have the same stuff. We have different contexts to know it. And sometimes it's overt and sometimes it's covert. Mm-hmm. I was watching a beautiful, beautiful movie last night. It was called The Freedom Writer's Diary. Oh, that's a great movie. Oh, great movie. oh, and it did such a good job showing how important context is for us to know ourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh my goodness, she, as soon as she realized the context they had, in their experience of themselves, then she could relate to them, you know? I just got chills as you were saying that. Yes. Yeah. And I believe in living from core values, which mm-hmm. we all have. You know, I think we all have three main ones. And if we're not living from them, we will never be happy because that's our essence, that's our core. What are the three main values? Well, it depends on the person. Mine is strength, which then you define it. And we all know what they are if we slow down enough to go inside, you know. But Mm -hmm. mine is strength, which is unshakable softness. You know, we think softness equal weak. Mm -hmm. But for women, softness is strength without fear. But we are so afraid to be soft. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's where all our strength is. It is. And then my other one is integrity. Mm -hmm. And that's living for me. You can't live for somebody else and be in integrity with yourself. When I first got that, I'm going, God, is that selfish? But unless I check in and make sure it's right for me or with me, I can't be honest with you. Mm -hmm. So that's not being in integrity. And then my third one is being kind, which is total grace. And then I defined it one step more, and that is honoring what is. And, you know, we might not like where somebody is on their journey, or we might not like circumstances, but there is a reason for it. And I had to work very hard first at accepting it and me, and then honoring, Mm -hmm. you know, and if I live from these three core values, then I can be happy. But if I'm not pulling from one of them, I'm off out of balance. Yeah. It's all about seeking balance. Yeah. When you have the experience of hearing the voice and going through your body not being able to move. How did you process that? Did you talk to anybody about that? Yes. Did you you reach out to people to find out, hey, am I crazy? (laughs) Well, actually, there was one experience before that one. Mm -hmm. My daughter was downstairs doing homework. I went upstairs, laid on my bed. I was kind of a happy pill person back then. I at least pretended to be happy. I didn't really know what it was to be really happy back then. But all of a sudden I'm laying on my bed and I started crying. And I said, oh my God, there's so much pain in the world. I want to help. Use me. 
And I'm going, who am I? What am I offering? (laughs) (laughs) This isn't typical Peggy. But that's what I said. Shortly after that, again, I was laying on my bed and my daughter was downstairs. And I had this experience of oneness, though I didn't know what I didn't know what oneness was, Amy. I shied away from the metaphysical part of the bookstore. You know, I wasn't really a practicing Catholic, but I thought the devil might be over there. I can't go over there. So I didn't understand the experiences I was having. I understood with oneness. I understood and saw everything, everything. And it all fits together. There isn't a good or bad. There isn't a more or less just is. But in that oneness, I didn't have a self. I just was oneness. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't on drugs, wasn't (laughs) drinking. I just laid down. And son, that was my experience of me. And Mm -hmm. in that experience, I heard there's more. And I knew that was true. Mm-hmm. In a lot of my experiences, I would hear, there's more. I didn't realize that meant there was more of me that I could experience. I mean, in oneness, there is no self. There's no self in oneness. Mm-hmm. You just are everything. So hearing there's more, I chose to leave that state very fast but I didn't even know what that state was. So I had started dating this gentleman who was helping people raise their consciousness. And he's the one that came up with some of these processes and stuff that we do. And I said to him, David, I had the weirdest thing (laughs) happen to me. (laughs) And he's just looking at me and he's going, Peggy, that's oneness. He goes, do you realize everybody in the world wants to experience that? And I'm going, well, it was okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I do this all the time. (laughs) No, I had not had anything like that, but because I couldn't feel me in it while it was lovely and there was no pain, Mm -hmm. there there was no shame. There was no negative in it. It was lovely, but it's almost like there wasn't any feeling in it either because I wasn't in it. Peggy. Yeah. That's interesting. So that was my first experience. Then my second one was the Holy Spirit coming down. I do understand you feeling your husband with you. There have been certain which I didn't know what masters were back then either. Mm -hmm. And they were usually men. Here I am, a woman, and I would have very strong physical awareness of Jesus. My hands would actually get bigger. David, if he was sleeping with me and would wake up, he goes, you have your Jesus hands now. I go, I know. (laughs) I can feel them. And I think that's why one of my core values is being kind. That's that Jesus frequency that I feel in me Mm -hmm. because I automatically feel him when I am feeling very kind. 
and I, I know it's him. There is so much more to all of this. And when I experienced oneness, I saw it and understood it, but now I'm experiencing it mm -hmm. as me, which is really cool. So what kind of work do you and David do together to help people find their path in this world? started out that he would help people heal from grief when they had a loss because mm -hmm. we have never really been taught how to grieve and if I can help you with that at any time I'm very happy to do that off the screen Amy okay well, that's the process that we started with and why David came up with this first process is he was going through a very painful divorce and he got very sick mm -hmm. and he'd have to take like three naps a day. I mean, he'd be driving and he'd just have to pull over and take a nap. And he got very sensitive to foods and smells and a lot of things like that. And he'd go to doctors and nobody could help him. He kind of had an epiphany one day that it must be him, something in him that was causing his experience of himself to be that if there's nothing physically wrong. Mm -hmm. At that point, he met some people that were doing the pendulum. Mm -hmm. And so he would take the pendulum like into vitamin stores and check and see what vitamins and what food he should eat. And by doing that, he outgrew a lot of his food sensitivities and stuff. Okay. Our body knows mm -hmm. if we ask it, you know, we just don't ask it. We want to do what we want to do. <laughs> and then <laughs> it's supposed to just come along, you know? Yeah. And he started seeing that he was responsible for his experience of himself. And that's a long journey to take full responsibility for your experience of yourself. You know, we did victim worksheets because we like to blame others, you know, and it's all about looking at your junk, but it's, and then letting it go, which then empowers you to really be all you can be. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you're trying to be the best you can be, but you got all these veils of beliefs and junk on top of you. How do you let go of the junk? Two different ways. We had an owning process, healing. You can't totally heal from your mind. Okay. We learned how to slow way, way, way down and get connected to your heart. I probably call my heart what you call your soul. Mm -hmm. Okay. I've learned to live from inside out, not outside in. So outside in is everything external mm -hmm. is what determines how I feel about myself. You know, if my kids are happy and I'm making a good living and have a nice house, I've learned to flip it, do enough work, get rid of enough junk to know that my value comes from within me and then bring that out into the world. And yeah. when, when you live from your heart is when you can heal totally. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that's what, you know, the Holy Spirit experience was context for me to know. Mm -hmm. It's not somebody else healing me. That's my job. But I had to find how to do that. And the first step, slowing down. Mm -hmm. Second step is wanting to see what you want to heal. You have to want to see it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so once you slow down and want to see it, what comes through Amy is, oh my gosh, I do that. And it's kind of like, uh oh, (laughs) here it comes. (laughs) Whoops. Yeah. Yeah. And then the second our third step really is, oh my God, I am that. I mean, you start seeing it in all areas of your life. And then the the final step is after seeing you are it. And this is all from your heart, not your head, because your head will go, but, but I'm nice over here. Mm -hmm. You can't own anything if there's a but or a and in it. It's this is who I am. When you get to that stage from your heart, Amy, you accept it. When you totally accept it, then the charge goes away and you can choose not to be it. Very interesting. The other way you can do it is because all of those negative things have a charge. That's Mm -hmm. why we get upset. That's why we act irrational in all of that is going into, say you get triggered about something. Mm -hmm. Is Chuck talking to you? There's something he wanted me to read in your bio that I'm supposed to ask you next. So, oh, okay. I don't know what it is. He just told me to make it up. I'm like, okay. Okay. When we get triggered by something, there is a physical turmoil in us that is saying, well, our mind says they're wrong. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but a trigger really is telling us that a belief we have is not our truth. So I then go into that feeling I have and define it as me, like maybe it's the feeling of being wrong and really slow way down. And again, this has to be done from your heart and define it as me. If I read that statement, I would feel me as wrong and go into that feeling then until that charge dissipates. And it will, it can, okay? This takes practice and you do have to have somebody that knows what living from their heart really is. So you feel safe enough to go there in yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, everything we do, Amy, is experiential. It's not, let me tell you how you feel. You'll be telling me how you feel if you're in the right place. Mm -hmm. And oh my gosh, children can feel so much easier than adults. And they just go, yep, got it. And you're going, why didn't somebody teach me this? <laughs> you know, if we knew how to feel, we would have been so much healthier all of our lives mm-hmm. because it's why, those charges. Why do you think we're not taught to feel? We didn't know. I mean, I'm one of 12 kids. You stuff and just try and get along. 
<laughs> that's what I did, Amy. Yeah. You know, or you go in the corner and cry, but that doesn't really dissipate the charge. Mm -hmm. You know, we just didn't know better. Our awareness, our consciousness wasn't high enough for us to be aware we could. And that's neither good nor bad. That's why we're on a journey, mm -hmm. you know, and not everybody's ready to feel or to own. They're not. But more people are getting ready and it's important they know there are ways they can let go of the pain they've been carrying their whole lives. We don't have to live with, with that. No, no. Why do you think, especially with suffering and oh, there's a lot of that going on in the world today and a lot of people don't agree on a lot of different topics. But why do you think it was that our physical selves were created if we are this oneness, this experience that you had of oneness, and that's what we're trying to get back to or trying to get to, if I hear this correctly, how does this oneness help? My experience of oneness really, really taught me that I am everything and that we all are the same. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I am trying to get back there. I've been there mm -hmm. and yeah. I chose to leave. I think what's more important for me is mm -hmm. to be able to experience myself as Peggy as fully as I can and have me be my purpose and meaning. Mm -hmm. Then oneness gets to experience itself more fully very well put yes okay and I that's have... why there's no real good and bad because you have to have both mm -hmm. for oneness to experience itself fully but now let's help heal oneness and make the good more vibrant and colored in by our experiences of ourselves. Do you think that when somebody dies, when they pass away and we're going through the grieving process, mm -hmm. it can turn your life upside down when somebody that you love and depend on and is so much a part of your life is no longer physically there anymore. Yeah. How do we move through that grief, but yet still hang on to the love? Okay, good question. The pain you're feeling is the loss of what they gave you. Mm -hmm. Now that they aren't here, what you gave them, you gave a piece of you to them also, okay? And they gave back to you. But with them be not being able to give back to you, you feel the holes in you that you gave them. And that's painful. Mm -hmm. The process that we do to help people through their grief is see what they were to you or what you thought they were to you, but really they can only be context for you to know yourself. So I help you 
get those pieces of you back, Amy. So mm -hmm. you're whole and complete and don't have the holes in the pain. Then all oh, what you have is the wonderful memories mm -hmm. without the pain. That charge gets a little less. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the charge actually can go away. And I remember when I was talking to my mom, when we first started doing this, she goes, yeah, but then you'll forget about me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that isn't true. You just don't have the pain in remembering, mm -hmm. which is really honoring them. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't want you in pain. Yeah. There's a lot of joy in the remembering. And then there's also a lot of joy in, because for me, with my husband passing, and a lot of people who have listened to this podcast know that my husband has passed. And for me, it's getting to know him now on a completely different level or a completely yeah. different way. And that he's still very much present in my life, but in a very different way. And the way I have experienced that is like, he's just in the other room and I have to yell at him to turn the TV down or <laughs> it's just a knowing he's there. He's in the other room yeah. yeah. and he can still hear me. I may not be able to see him, but I can still yell at him to turn TV down. And does he do it? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's still that feeling of knowing and that he's still right there. Yeah but it's a different way of experiencing him now. And he doesn't have to be anything for you Yes. now. He can yeah. just be him and you can be you, which in a lot of ways that's freer. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and that's true love because you're not needing anything from him. Mm-hmm. You know, that's unconditional love. It would be nice if he could figure out how to still take out the trash. <laughs> See, if David passed, I'm sorry, I need help with electrical computers, all that. <laughs> you you got to continue to do that. Yes. There's certain things you have to continue doing. And yes. yes, electrical stuff and fixing things are at the top of the list. That's funny. <laughs> So in your experience and things that you've been through over the past several years through your awakening process, what are some of the things that you've learned and that you have embraced now as a result? I think as humans, especially as women, there is a deep part of us that feels like we're wrong. And that's why we never want to be wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was helping somebody do a process about wrong. And we both started crying in this session because as she could define herself as wrong, totally. I mean, oh my gosh, we're not very nice people when we're fighting being wrong. Mm -hmm. But what we found in that process, Amy, was we as women have created wrong and bad to protect our softness because we thought we would be annihilated if that's all we were. Mm -hmm. So here we are, our essence is soft and good. We put wrong and bad and tough on top of it 
And then on top of that, we put, well, I got to be nice. Mm -hmm. Nice and kind are two different things. (laughs) (laughs) And most of us in our lives try and be nice, but nice is calculated. Mm -hmm. Nice wants something back. Kind needs nothing back. But I can read you just what we do is define ourselves as a 10 with like wrong. Mm -hmm. Okay. And she wouldn't mind if I read this. We share all of our work with everybody. (laughs) We defined wrong as I refuse to be seen. So when you're feeling wrong, you will fight the person that's trying to make you feel wrong. You don't want them to see something about you. Okay. Interesting. So I am pretending to be someone I am not. I don't want anyone to see who I really am. I am scared of myself. I am playing. I am playing a big game. Now, I have never done a 10 like this. And this is so cool. I am playing a big game. I want to fool everybody. If they see how soft I am, I will be destroyed. I will lose everything I have created. It's all built on a lie. So what that really, really showed me, Amy, is our essence is good. Mm -hmm. You know, I think sometimes looking at yourself very deeply and seeing your junk, you go, God, am I just bad? But we actually were created as good. And living from the mind, which thinks its job is to protect us, Mm -hmm. we created all the hardness and everything that we bring out into the world. But if you say that all about your goodness, I don't want to be seen who I am as soft, Mm -hmm. then it explains why we believed we had to be hard. Interesting. And it's so much easier fighting for my goodness than fighting to let go of my bad. Yes, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) is that the type of work that you do with your clients and help them that's one of several processes yes and this was a owning process and there's more to it than that Mm -hmm. and then at the end you can feel that you're letting it go and then you make promises to yourself how am I going to step out into life without this how am I going to step out into life as my good mm-hmm. and not be afraid? So do you feel that life is all about learning how to live it without fear? Yeah. How to find your true self as my true self, I and life are one. What is there to fear? Life will always, always support me if I'm supporting myself. It's when I'm sabotaging myself that I get 
kicked in the butt, you know, (laughs) really. So what do you tell people when they are sabotaging themselves and how do they move through that? Well, we look at what's really going on in them, Amy, you know, we sabotage because we're afraid. It's not because we're bad. We're afraid. We're afraid of something, you know, my goodness. What I have found, we are grown up children. Good way to put it. Yes, we are (laughs) living from our mind. Mm -hmm. We have not grown up internally. So that's what living from the heart has allowed me to do. But it also has shown me how afraid I've been in my life because I've tried to live a grown-up life as a child. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And again, that doesn't make us bad, but Mm -hmm. we we need to grow up internally too. Mm -hmm. Then all those charges go away. We can just live fully. Yeah, we think the boogeyman's still real under the bed. He's not? No, (laughs) he's not. (laughs) He's not. No, he's not. He's not. So how can people find you if they want to work with you? Where can they find you? Well, we do have a website. You know, when I said, if my partner leaves, he's got to continue to do my computer thing and stuff. Our website is slightly outdated. I'm so busy working with people that I have not put a lot of time in that. Mm. I am on the website of a new lc.com. So it's really a new life center.com. But we do have happiness courses. This is not my course. This is a woman I mentored, and she's exceptionally good. She's a great teacher. And that you can find by a happiness course.com. And her name is Karen Seitz. This course is extremely, extremely successful. I love the name. It's got to be successful with the name. I mean, it is. It it is all about putting yourself first, which really means checking in with yourself. Is this supportive of me to do? before you do something, you know, it isn't, I'm thinking of me and you're on your own. It is, am I at my best in doing this? Because you can't be happy unless you're putting yourself first, doing things you love, Mm -hmm. filling your cup, you know, that's replenishing who you are. Mm Because we give so much of ourselves away. Yeah, Amy, you know, we do. And we can't ever be our best if we have all these holes in us Mm -hmm. from giving so much of us away. Especially women, I think we have a hard time with being selfish to be selfless. That makes sense. And a lot of times makes us selfish. <laughs> yes, it does. It does. <laughs> and 
taking the time for me sometimes is so hard. And I remember when my boys were young and just trying to maintain the house and getting them to sports and getting them here and getting them there. I mean, there was just a lot of moving pieces that needed to be taken care of. And well, and in all of that, we lose who we are, Amy. I had another experience which I took an acting class. I try and step out of my comfort zone. (laughs) (laughs) And so I wrote an articulation of an experience I had and did it in front of the acting class. And I thought, oh my God, they're going to just throw rocks at me. I'm not one that feels real comfortable exposing myself Mm -hmm. unless I'm one-on-one. Then I'm fine you know, yeah. but to a group. Mm-mm. Yeah. Can I read this to you? You sure can. I'd love to hear it. I called it a real girl. And 15 years ago, I began to realize I had no idea who I was. I knew myself as a daughter, sister, wife, mother, and friend. These told me what I was, but not who I was. So my journey began. I had to learn to slow way down and just be with myself. Something I have never done before. I had to admit how much of my life had been pretend. And I cried as I faced myself. It was time for me to be honest. I had to let go of these labels, these labels, Mm -hmm. so I could become the person I was meant to be. When I looked at all the ways I protected myself in life and how it kept me from feeling anything at all, I cried again. Seeing these things about myself allowed me to slowly start to open, blossoming like a rose, finding more of myself every day. A couple years later, when I was sitting quietly, all of a sudden, every cell in my body started to come alive. It was like when I look up at the sky and see the universe lit up by millions of stars. I knew that as me. I was that alive in this body. My arms and legs became me, no longer just limbs. I was my heart, my body, my essence, all at the same time as one yet separate. In that moment, I knew who I was and that I was real. I was real. That's why when you say we're all working to become oneness, I'm going, I'm not. I want to know me as everything that I can. Mm-hmm as Peggy. It's beautiful. So really beautiful. Thank you. I love that. That's beautiful. What did your class or 
Oh, oh, they all got goosebumps and clapped and cheered. And, <laughs> and I'm going, oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank yeah. yeah, but they know that's truth. Mm-hmm. That was beautifully written and said and just heartfelt. I just love that. Well, that's living from your heart. That's mm-hmm. living from inside out. You can't get that externally. Mm-hmm. That's and what very, I try and teach people. There was many years of my life I've lived from the outside in looking for that piece of me that I felt was missing and everywhere else, but from within. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's totally what we it. do. That, yeah. That's all we know. Yeah. Till we don't. And I love the title, A Real Girl. So let me ask you one other question here before we wrap up. Okay. Oh my gosh, we've been talking for an hour. Can you believe that time flies? (laughs) I've enjoyed this a lot, Amy. Thank you. I have too. It's been amazing. I've learned a lot from you. Learned a lot, but thank you. If you have an hour to sit and talk with someone, Mm -hmm. someone you don't know, but who could be on this side of the veil or on the other side of the veil and incarnated or decarnated, who would it be? And what would you talk about? I think it'd probably be my mom. And she is still here. She has been very Catholic her whole life. And I actually did share my experience of the Holy Spirit with her. And she Mm -hmm. actually handled it. Again, she could feel it was truth. The only thing she said was, just honey, please watch out that the devil doesn't get you. (laughs) 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 And I would share with her that she doesn't have to be afraid that she is good, mm-hmm. that we all are. We just got to start being it. And she's been a wonderful mom and role model. Don't get me wrong, but she is kind of afraid to die. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so sad mm-hmm. because I do not believe there is a hell. <laughs> no. I yeah. don't. I think we make our own hell right now. Yep. Just by our own thoughts and yeah, in the old in the muck. Yeah. That would probably be a really interesting conversation to have with your mother. Yeah, and she has come in my session. I've seen the shaman lady twice, and my mom. She goes, "Your mom knows how to time travel." <laughs> She's still here and now she's here. I'm like, yay, mom. (laughs) Go, mom. Go, mom. Yeah. And she has said to me, Peggy, if you can't make it for my passing, it's okay. Because we have been blessed enough to connect from our hearts quite a few times. And when you have that, you know you are loved and you know you have loved. And that's why we're here. Beautifully said. Peggy, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your experience and your wealth of knowledge. And I just, I've learned so much. And well, thank you. I've enjoyed you so much. And Chuck, hang in there. (laughs) (laughs) I, I have parents of some of my clients come in and do healing where they are in our sessions, which I am so honored that I am able to facilitate that too. That's beautiful. Yes. They want to help. They want to be a part of, 
and share and support in any way they can. Well, and they have work to do where they are too. Mm -hmm. And so they're in my sessions with their children, sometimes doing the work with their kids and that's love. Yeah. (laughs) My head is tingling as we're, as we're talking, because literally Chuck has healed through doing these podcasts with me and I'll learn. Thank you. Yes. Good for you guys. It's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what's so funny is we can still argue sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, of course, course. (laughs) but now, you know, you're not wrong. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Or bad. That's right. That's right. Neither is he. No, he's not. He's a good guy. He's he's, he's funny. He's laughing. He's one too. Does he have anything he wants to say to me or ask me? Let me ask him says that he is very grateful for you to have joined today because he has learned a lot and there was a reason why you're supposed to be on this podcast today and whomever is supposed to hear it will hear it he's facilitating he's working with your guides and facilitating something amazing so i don't know what it is but yes my head's just going boo <laughs> those are new healthy neural pathways opening up that there's a lot of them going on right now yeah yeah he's so amazing because he's literally facilitated and he tells me certain things you know this is going to happen this is going to happen and I just trust that he brings the right people to the podcast that need to be on here and it's just been amazing how things have just opened up this past year And I'm so grateful to have had this podcast. Yeah. Well, and Amy, you are instrumental in it all too. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. I literally heard in January of 2021, start a podcast. And I'm like, what the world am I going to talk about? (laughs) (laughs) Or talk to. Oh yeah. I was like, okay, here we go. And so by May of 2021, I had the first podcast had five episodes drop and we were launched. And then that was May 1st and June 5th is when he passed away. And he was so supportive of the podcast and he didn't necessarily understand it on this side of the veil. Yeah, but he supported me and he had my back. And this has been a great way for us to connect with him on the other side of the veil now, because he literally brings people to me. And like I said, I've got a whole sheet here of questions that I have written down. Ask me this, ask me that. All the really good questions came from him, by the way. (laughs) Well, thank you, Chuck. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah, because he sees things from a different perspective now. Yeah. And it's so great to get his perspective on things. I'll tell you one little short experience of myself that probably was the coolest experience of me. We have an office here and there's four of us here. And the other three people were in the office already. And I opened up the door and was walking through the lobby and all of a sudden I knew myself as pure consciousness. I knew my body was right here, 
but me as pure consciousness was right ahead of my body. And I walked into the room where the other three were. And when you said he's still Chuck, oh, I get that. It was like, I was still Peggy. I had no pain. I had none of that. And I knew my body was right behind me. But I wanted to say teasingly, so can you see me now? (laughs) (laughs) That is what, that is what came. And they're all looking at me and I'm having this grin on my face and they're all kind of going. And I said, I'm sorry, guys, right now, I, I just know me as pure consciousness. They're used to my weird experiences of myself. Mm-hmm. And I don't make this up. I don't even know it's possible, you know? It- <laughs> that's amazing. But I think that's probably how Chuck is experiencing himself. He showed me an image literally after he crossed, I could immediately connect with him. And I just, wow. Yeah, I can immediately connect with him. He was just dancing. He just wanted me to know how happy he was and how free it felt. And he never thought that it could ever be like that. He said for a split second, he almost didn't go because because of me, but he knew that our relationship would be stronger doing what he was doing. That's very cool. That's very cool. And he knew that I would be okay. There was times I questioned that. Yeah. <laughs> this past year, I'm like, how do you think it was going to be that? I'm not, I'm not strong. I'm still mad you. at you. I'm still mad at you. <laughs> Take the daggum trash out. So there is definitely a learning curve there, but he is so present and it's so amazing that I have this opportunity and I'm so grateful for it. So, and he's happy and he's not in pain but he's still Chuck. Yeah. And he still has that funny sense of humor that just (laughs) makes, and we laugh all the time still. I can constantly hear him laughing at me. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's laughing with you. (laughs) And it's been really interesting, but. Well, good. Anyway. Well, you are very lucky and so is he. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm very blessed to be his wife still. So, and I want to thank you. Thank you so much for taking Thank you for having me, Amy. This is only the second podcast I've done. And I watched the people because I I can't share this part of me with everybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm getting much more vocal, but I still am protecting my softness a little bit, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. So you have a brilliant message to share and you have a great light to shine. So well, thank you. I would thank you. Shine it as bright as you like. I plan on doing that. I am here to express myself and I'm finally getting brave enough to do that. I mean, I, I do it in my sessions all the mm-hmm. time, but it's time to step out more. Yes. It's not easy coming out of the closet, quote unquote, but it becomes normal. Yeah. Well, I'm just being me. Yeah. (laughs) Which is totally normal, right? Yeah. (laughs) Well, normal. (laughs) With quotes, air quotes. (laughs) Anyway. Well, thank you. Just like people to know that 
their essence is good and it's time to start stepping out as that. Yes, ma'am. I completely agree with you. Okay. It's time. I got to go feed the puppies. Okay. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye, Chuck. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining me on another episode of Butterfly Kisses, a journey of spiritual transformation. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe by hitting the subscribe button. This way you won't miss it when a new episode is released. Also, if you're interested in learning more about Akashic Record readings, you can schedule a free 15-minute consultation with me by visiting my website at amygraycunningham.com. Again, thank you. And remember, always spread your gorgeous wings, my friend, and fly. Until next time, see ya.